Hello and welcome to That DJ Podcast with me, Jake Colley, journalist, DJ and creator of Undiscovered Sounds, a platform for emerging electronic music artists. Check it out at undiscoveredsounds.com. This week I'm joined by Sam Dexter. We talk everything from how he became A&R Honcho for Glasgow Underground to how ADHD impacts his DJing and production. Let's get into it. I am 33, um, well over that hill on the slippery slope down the other side now. Um, I am, I would like to say a DJ first, but from DJing, um, I, I now have gone into uh, production and record label work. Um, I studied music technology at Stafford College um, and then music production at Stafford Uni. Um, and I am an A&R at Glasgow Underground um, is probably my, what I'm known for. So how did you actually get into to DJing and, and production then? I've always been fairly musical, played lots of instruments as a child and teenager. Um, uh, started on the recorder like most people do in primary school, um, swapped that for a clarinet. Um, and I was playing in like a local orchestra kind of thing is, is, is what, we, what I did as a teenager. And then I kept looking over at the drums and percussion section and thinking, yeah, that, that's cooler than whatever this is I'm holding. So I swapped the clarinet for drums and percussion um, and did that in, in local orchestras um, up and down the country um, for a bit. And then I finally sold my drums, my, yeah, my drum kit for a pair of turntables, uh, direct, a pair of Newmarks um, that I bought in Stoke, actually. Do you know, Newcastle, do you know cookies? Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think it's with us anymore. So no, I don't think so. That was about at the age of 15, maybe 16. Um, and I don't, I don't think I ever really looked back. I just felt like, yeah, this is, this is it. This is, this is what I, this is what I need to do. Um, I started with like a handful of drum and bass records and, and hard house. Um, and then eventually I just, I, I kind of found, house music and dug deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and, and, and still somewhere down that rabbit hole now so how did you get your your first gig and and where was it <laughs> my first gig <laughs> my first gig i was at stafford college i was 17 years old um and my first gig was at a pub called the shrewsbury arms in stafford um and it wasn't the friendliest of pubs but I didn't, I didn't care. Um, I took about 400 records with me because I couldn't work out what I needed to play. Um, and about eight people showed up, um, six of which were friends that I'd begged to come down. Two other people were just in there before I even showed up. So they weren't there for me. <laughs> they were just <laughs> in the pub. Um, and I was... I think the very first track I played, it was far too loud. It was the 
it was a it was a remix of Eric Pridd's Call On Me uh, on the Ministry of Sound vinyl release. I can't remember what it was, but it's far too heavy. Um, <laughs> and it was far too loud. But I was playing for about an hour and I was managed to get served at the bar. Um, and then, because I was only 17 at the time, but then the problem was the, the bar staff changed shift. Um, so I, I'd rent, I'd put on a, a long song, I ran to the bar to get a, to get another drink and they ID'd me. And I said, well, I'm the DJ, I'm playing. And I says, we don't care if you're, if you're under 18, you've got to go and your music's, your music's crap anyway. So, <laughs> so <laughs> off you go. So, so that lasted about an hour and I, um, yeah. And then I had to pack up and go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So how, how did you kind of get over that and, and get on to, to the next gig then? I, I, I was just glad to, to play some records out because the thing with playing records in your house and in your bedroom is you think certain records are going to sound great out and are perfect but actually you never really know until you're out and about and you're testing them and playing them uh, and sometimes they really do catch you by surprise but after that I was playing at like house parties student parties um DJing quite a lot in Leeds with a friend up there um I yeah I, I I just I was just that go-to person um, for you know if you if you're having a house party for example I I would I would be there or I, I just picked up a few gigs in bars and things and it just yeah I, I just got known I was actually throwing parties out of my flat as well um, when I when I'd moved out I I'd guest DJs come in and they would play in the kitchen and stuff and I try and charge people to get into the house and. It was just turned into a mess, really. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Good match. But yeah, it, it was just everyone. Everyone in my town knew me as the the guy who played records, um, and I still think they they think that now, or they just think I'm jobless and I'm with my dog <laughs> during the day when everyone else is at work. I don't I don't know. What, but yeah, it just it just kind of stuck, really. So those first first gigs that you got, say the first five or so, how did you kind of approach? approach bars and stuff what, what what were your tactics that you used to to get your name out there and get get people to give you a chance um a lot of and i think this is this is fair throughout well i say it's not fair i say this is probably true throughout the industry a lot of it is who you know um i mean i had i had sent out some I was always recording CDs and handing them out as always, you know, back then it wasn't about SoundCloud or, or, or listening to music on the go on your phone. It was, it was CDs. Um, so I was constantly handing out CDs in local shops. I'd, I'd just leave a stack and people would take them. Um, I'd give one to the guy who ran the club at the time in Stafford and he was nice enough to get back to me and said, you know, quite well it was a commercial club um you know and I'm, I'm i'm a house music dj and the house music wasn't really a thing around here at that time um but he, he got back to me and said thanks for sending your your mix but actually i need to hear microphone technique and things like that and i was thinking i don't, I don't want to use a microphone i don't even want people to see me i just want to play some music in your club on your sound system um I did eventually get a job there um, in the smoking area playing like music I wanted to play. Um, 
so it, it worked out eventually I think but yeah I was just handing out CDs and CDs and CDs and and hanging around in pubs and clubs and getting to know people I mean I've got a very big mouth like a lot of people know me in my hometown because of you know, I'm six foot four with a big mouth and blonde like <laughs> yeah I, I just uh, yeah I just I just networked I just networked and networked and and still now I mean like there's not really much going on in my town but I I I just I just kept going you just keep going so how important is is networking for for people that want to want to make it in the industry and want to get regular gigs if anything that's probably the most important thing um there's it's it's hard because you can't bombard these club owners um with with emails and things and everybody wants to play out and stuff like that but there's also a certain etiquette when it comes to you know i i would never want to take anyone's spot um i was always looking for places that didn't have a dj that would maybe benefit from having a dj um so yeah, I, I, I was looking at not taking someone else's spot. I was looking to, to create something that, that wasn't there but would, would probably work. And that way, you know, you, you can always, if you, you know, if, if there's a bar that's serving cocktails, chances are they would benefit from a DJ. If they haven't got one, you can go in there and ask them to do a trial maybe. Um, you know, and I, I've always loved DJing in, in bars. You know, clubs are great, don't get me wrong, but but you can really kind of go on a bit of a journey in a, in a, in a cocktail bar for, you know, you can really cover a few different genres if you want to. Um, and, but that's also, you know, if you, if you do hours and hours and hours of that, you will know how to work a dance floor in any situation. Um, so yeah, so have a look for opportunities that, that other people might not have thought of um, and, and offer them maybe like a free, a freebie you know never never do free gigs but if that you know if the one freebie to show that owner of that that bar is is to get you a permanent gig there that pays you each week then it, it has to be worth it surely no absolutely absolutely so how did you get involved in in glasgow underground then um so i was djing in cyprus in 2014 and i came back at the end of the season over there and and I thought, oh no, I need to, I need a job. I need to, I need to do something. I need to stay involved in in, in dance music. And I saw Glasgow Underground had posted on their Facebook page saying that they were looking for ARs to basically go through their demo inbox. Um, so Glasgow Underground, we have a demo inbox that is open. You know, it's dead easy to find the email address. Um, it receives a large number of demos, um, and Kevin just can't you know it, it takes up a lot of time um but also it's not a job that would necessarily earn much money because 99.9 percent .9 of the demos sent in aren't anything we can do anything with but they do need checking in case you find that one really good one uh, or, mm. or someone sent it to a you know that email you know it, so I had to apply with, uh, with basically, I just told him, I applied with my, with, with, with a, a DJ mix. You had to send in a DJ mix and, and just, you know, a little bit about yourself. Um, but 
what had happened was out of all the mixes that Kevin received, only about 10 people actually put any Glasgow Underground songs in the actual mix. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, and I thought, well, you know, it's a Glasgow Underground um, job. So I'm going to just start the, I'm going to start the, the mix with a Glasgow Underground track, obviously. You know, mm. I'm applying for a job. At <laughs> okay. um, so he took on about 10, 10 A&Rs and it was on a voluntary basis. Uh, we would get access to the promo list. So we'd get the tracks before, you know, they, they came out. Um, and, I'd, and in return, we, you know, we would listen to demos um, that came in and just stay on top of that demo inbox, monitor that inbox. Um, and, and eventually out of those 10, it just whittled down to me. Um, I was obviously picking the right records. Um, you know, sometimes it would go a couple of months where I wouldn't, I wouldn't send anything into Kevin, but that's just because nothing of any notes came in and it's hard. You can't force, um, you can't, you can't force music in any way. Um, it either happens or it doesn't. And I just sat and waited. Um, and, and just tried to pull out anything that I thought was either a good idea or something we could maybe um, turn into something better or or sometimes just a, a fully finished track would come in um, and we just yeah we, I just kept going and going and eventually uh, I took on more responsibilities and here I am today. So what are you looking for when when someone pitches pitches a song to you and or what sort of process <laughs> are you looking for to for them to follow? <laughs> It could be a number of things. I mean, we have a really good, um, Kevin's done a really good how to send a demo to his video on YouTube. Um, it's dead easy to find. Um, and that basically covers uh, the basics of sending us as your music. Um, you know, most importantly, we need to be able to stream it. Um, and Kevin likes to also download it. So Dropbox or SoundCloud link private with uh, download enabled is is perfect um but what i'm looking for really you know i don't, I don't i'm gonna be honest if i'm if i'm i don't do this too much anymore we have someone else do this now um but if i'm going through a demo inbox and i've got a demo inbox with 800 emails in for example um i'm not reading your email i'm not re i'm not i'm not I don't care who you are, where you're from. I'm, you know, I'm not looking for blokes. I'm not looking for females or anything like that. I'm, you know, I don't care. I'm not reading your email. I'm looking for that link in your email. I'm clicking it. I'm listening. If I'm interested, then I'll read your email. Um, that's purely because of the of, of time consumption. Um, and, you know, I'm trying to save time. I'm trying to go through as many demos as I can in a small amount of time because, it, you know, like I said, it's not exactly anything that will... I could I, I could spend four hours going through X amount of demos, but you know I could still not pull anything out of there, and that's four hours of my time <laughs> gone. <laughs> but it, we, you know, every demo at Glasgow Underground gets listened to. Even if we don't respond, we can't respond to everyone. It would be you know it'd be a military operation. But everything gets listened to, and I'm listening for anything that stands out. Really, whether it's super tight production, whether it's a really good like interesting idea or hook or something that sounds really fresh um and yeah you just kind of know um especially when you're you know you listen to so much you just some you know is we cover a wide range of of uh, genres with that's underground house deep house tech house melodic um even some disco but but essentially we're looking for those tracks that 
DJs from small towns like Stafford or right up to Marco Carolla in, in Amnesia. You know, we're looking for those tracks that DJs want to play when they've got a full dance floor. You know, we like to think of ourselves as, as, a, as a label for DJs. We like to provide DJs with, with records that are going to do the job for them. So how many demos do you get on, say, a, a standard, if there is a standard week or a standard month, how many, how many do you get through? We've had over 200 this month. Okay, wow. Already. Um, which is, yeah, I mean, that's good. I mean, I'd be concerned if we, if we didn't have, if we didn't have, um, if, yeah, if we didn't have demos coming in, you know, we want people to send us the, their music, um, you know, what I would say is try and listen to what we do first before sending them. I've had people send me their Christmas tunes before. Um, no way. <laughs> yeah, we've had big, like, people send their EDM tracks to us and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong, I know you know sometimes we are, are more on that commercial side, but we're not. We're not knocking out EDM tracks, we're not <laughs> no. knocking out Christmas pop records. Um, <laughs> so, but that, that's fine. Sometimes you just get caught up in a mass email that someone's sending out and stuff like that but you know but also you know this is dance music there isn't really any rules like you know we like things done in a certain way and we find it easier to work with um but when when reaching out to a label treat them how you would like to be treated like try and make it personal try and keep it short and brief you know we're we're all trying to fit in x amount of responsibilities in our in our lives in a day so you know just make it make it really easy for me to listen to your track and i will i will listen to it we all we always do everything gets listened to at tesco events How do you pr- approach your own music in terms of how do you approach making a song from, from scratch? What's what are the processes you follow? If there are a specific processes that you do follow, don't really have a set process. Um, when it comes, you know, I've either got an idea and it works. Luckily, me and Kevin bounce ideas off each other every day, um, and I think that's really important. You need to know have someone you can trust to tell you whether that idea you're working on is worth continuing. Um, you know, if, if I'm open in Ableton and I'm spending six hours on a track, but I'm stuck on a loop for three hours of that, then I need to, I need to realistically, I need to start at something else or, or come back to that in the future or run it by someone else. Um, because it's hard. It's what well, it's really easy to, to get caught up spending days and hours on one track. And then, you know, if that doesn't even chart on Beatport, that's, that, that's not financially viable to do as a living. Um, you know, it's finding that balance between what can we sell, what what do I want to do as a producer, how do I want it to sound, how do I want it to feel, um, will other people want to play it, if not, why, how can I make this more DJ friendly, you know, has it got too many elements in, has it got not enough elements in, you know, analyse analyze everything, compare it to other records that are where you would like your records to be. Um, but again, have someone you can trust to bounce those ideas off because that's invaluable. If, you know, if I've got someone who's good, you know, we say it all the time, Kevin will send me tracks and I'll be like, no, that's rubbish, bin it. And he will, um, or I will send him an idea. And before I've even started it, he's laughing and saying, no, it's never gonna work. Okay, cool. 
so I won't you know it's bounce ideas um don't spend too much time going around a circle unless it's really flowing and the tracks coming together really quickly just it's probably not worth spending the extra week on because it's really hard to it's really hard to to make a profit on tracks you know as 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 a dj in a bedroom or a producer in a bedroom you 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 make money from people listening to and downloading your records and if people aren't doing that then you need to quickly evaluate why um, and find out how you can change that um and if you're working with us on a record for example we will help you with that um, we've, we're quite experienced at, at putting records into places where people will want them but uh but also don't put any pressure if you're not enjoying it it's not it's, it's, it's you need to do something else so you've obviously, from a label perspective and for, as an artist yourself, you must have kind of a, a good idea of how, how Beatport charts work and stuff. But for people that don't understand the volumes of, of tracks needed to kind of get to towards the top 10 or whatever, what is there a, a metric that people can kind um, of keep to or does it vary on what's going about at the time? I'm not sure... I'm not sure how many you would need to get to the top 10, but for example, to get into a deep house chart on, on Beatport, if your release is out on Friday, um, you probably need at least 40 sales to get into the main deep house chart. Um, and it, you know, it's not as much as people may think, but then if you remember the days of going and buying a record from a record store, um, if I walked into a record store and bought 40 copies of a, of a CD, you know, that's quite a hard thing. Well, you know, if I sold 40 records back in, back in the day, you know, that's, a, that's it's quite a hard thing to do. Um, so it, I don't think it's as much as you think, but there is a massive gap between the charts and then those top 10 places. You'll see some tracks get to number 11 and kind of just stall there. Uh, and that's because the visibility of those tracks in the top 10 people can see those you know when they go into like a genre page if you go into the house genre page you can see that top 10 on the right there and people buy those more than they buy the rest of the tracks so you need to your track needs to be flying for it to really get into the, the top 10s but when they get up there they can stay there for a while another thing with beatport is their beatport link um if that people have got link subscriptions they're not really buying records there's they're more streaming them at home um you know in their dj sets so something might not sell that well but people could be streaming it loads on their beatport link account um and then that also counts towards chart positions as well i'm not quite sure how how many streams you know equates to a sale for example but um you know that also counts to chart positions so but yeah, that's, you know, that's not for, I don't think that's, for, people really need to focus on, on that as such. When you're choosing songs from, from kind of emails that have come through, do, is a social following and, and followers and stuff like that, do you care about that as a label or? Well, I need to check you're not a Nazi, um, <laughs> okay. first and foremost, because we wouldn't want to be supporting any artists, you know, um, but am I, am, I, am I bothered by how many followers you've got? No, I'm not, I'm not at all. Um, and I think you can see that with the music that we release, um, considering 
Um, we're like a top three beatport label uh, across all genres. Um, we we release a lot of music from people that no one's ever heard of, um, and that's because we're either picking out demos from the inbox, or you know, or we've come across them. You know, it, it, there's, you know some people that we release music from that haven't even got a, a, a an Instagram at all. Um, I've just done a collaboration with uh, an artist called Drive Seven. Great house producer um from from amsterdam but i was trying to find his instagram the other day and he hasn't got one um so uh, you know it's it's uh, that's quite nice and refreshing um will he need to get one at some point probably uh, you know, <laughs> people need to see where he's playing and when he's playing you know fans need to be able to follow you but also you know, we managed to have a pretty healthy and vibrant scene in the '90s without it all. So you've you've obviously had some some good support from from big artists like Annie Mac, Pete Tong. I'm sure there's a, a lot more that a lot more than that as well. But is there any? Do you kind of approach those people? Do you say that here's my track, or do they just kind of find them and? Um. So. Yeah, we've had a I've had a couple of spins on Radio One. Uh, Share a little ecstasy was was picked up and supported by all the dance DJs at the time um, on Radio One, and that was that was incredible. Um, I'm not sure how that got to Animac. Um, it might have been Kevin sending it, um, but just because we send a track, you know, doesn't mean they're going to play. I mean, I've sent many many records to. Uh, to radio DJs and club DJs, and they've, they've never been picked up. And that's not my own records. Um, that's you know other records on the label and stuff. It's 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 potluck in that respect. But you have to remember, most of the records played on radio um, are there because um, there's some kind of radio plugger that has placed it there. Or well, I say placed it there, has pitched it to either that radio DJ or the you know the radio DJ's producer. Um, you know, we use a radio plugger from time to time, not for every release. If we think it's something that is is radio friendly, a lot of the stuff we release isn't radio friendly. Um, um, but yeah, but you know that there are other ways. But nine times out of ten, there is music on the radio because a, you know, a radio plugging service has been used, um, or a PR company has promoted the record. Um, and this goes back to. Um, you know, a lot of artists that break through these days are usually financially comfortable before they do this. Um, that's not me <laughs> but, <laughs> at all. Um, but, the, you know, if, if you've got a lot of money to spend on ads on Facebook or, you know, or you've got money to pay for a marketing team or, you know, even promo for for you know, sending your track out you know i see companies charging anywhere from 300 to four or five hundred pounds for that and i just think that's ridiculous wow. um yeah but if <laughs> if you've got that money or you've got parents or someone like that is going to give you the money to do that then you chances are you're probably going to break through a bit quicker than you know people doing it the long way around but you know you have to remember remind yourself why it is you're doing this um and and not think too much about I'm making this to try and get to here. You know, if you focus on what you're doing, and if that happens along the way, I mean, there are ways of getting your songs to the radio. We managed to do it with Cheryl Alexisy, um, but again, Kevin's been in the game a long time. So if he sent a, a, a track to them, then you know, 
I, that's not a, con a connection I'd have had at that time. Um, but again, we also have built our own promo list just from the DJs we've worked with or people we've spoken to or people we know. Um, so other DJ support comes in from, from that really. Um, you know, we, we send it out via, uh, via an email and if a DJ picks it up and plays it, great. Um, if not, don't worry too much. Um, you know, we've had tracks that have had terrible feedback from, from club DJs when we've sent it out and then it's, it's performed really well on, on Beatport and things like that. I think it's, it, you know, it's tricky to get tied up in, in, you know, if you've got a track and you generally think that a certain DJ is going to play it, get hold of them. You know, you can message them on Instagram or something like that, but don't, don't send your track out to everyone and just see who picked it up. Do some research, find out what they're playing at the moment, what kind of music, have a look on 1001 track list. What kind of tracks is, is such and such playing? Okay, that you know, this sounds like that. Get it to them and but be polite, don't spam them, don't chase them, you know, and just cross your fingers. <laughs> so I was I was reading through your interview with Data Transmission, and yes. um you obviously spoken quite openly about ADHD and, and how that's kind of impacted you. Um so how does that kind of impact on on you as a as a producer and a, and a DJ does it does it have an impact um I say I, I've only known about it in the last couple of years or the last year or two to be honest um and I'm still not actually being treated for it in terms of any medication um it's just something I'm aware of now um uh, and it does answer a lot of questions you know I'll have I'm either fully involved in writing six records in a month uh, or I could go months without doing any of that. And that's, that, you know, it never comes down to motivation. My motivation is always there to do it. I just find things harder to do at times than, than others might do. Um, you know, it's, it's essentially struggling to focus on things that don't excite you. Uh, and that's not to say that I'm not excited by, you know, it, uh, it's, I, I guess the way to compare it is if you put your hand over a hot stove and try to push down on that hot stove with your hand, you, you, you just won't do it. You, you, there's something there that's stopping you from doing that. And with ADHD, that happens with, it could be anything really. Um, uh, so this, you know, I'm sure I drive Kevin crazy at times, but he's been, he's been, uh, he's been really supportive. There's days where I'll do, do everything or there's days where I'm just like, no, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know, like, I'll sit and stare at my laptop for four hours, but I won't actually do anything with it. It's just, it's, it's, it's something that I've learned to not worry or stress about, you know, it, 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 things will happen if if you if you can if you want them to happen they will happen um yeah and by that i mean you know you can't force yourself to to do work at all hours of the day or you know you have to, you know especially with music and creative industries like this you know you can't force creativity you can't force a record you can't just sit there and be like okay i'm gonna write I'm going to write a, a camel fat cola today. 
I, they didn't even say that you know those guys didn't say that even when they were working on that you know it's it's you know just just go easy on yourself give yourself a break get outside see some fresh air talk to other people surround yourself with good people um and just don't stress too much about about things that's the way i've learned to to deal with the adhd i think so for anyone kind of just starting out at the start of the process, what, what would you recommend to them for, for what they can do to kind of get started? What um, It depends what you want to do. Um, you know, again, people might say everyone's a DJ these days. Everyone's a DJ these days, but how do you stand out? Um, you know, or if there's, if there's DJs already working all throughout your town, where are the places DJs aren't working? Do they need a DJ? Um, not everyone needs a DJ. Be, be mindful of that. Um, as a producer, um, put the hours in. Same with DJing. I know, I know everyone says, do you 10,000 hours to be an expert or whatever. I have definitely done well over 10,000 hours of, of gigging outside of my house. Um, you know, I, I still, I, I would definitely, you know, nothing happens without time. Nothing happens without time. You know, I'm still... I'm still learning every day on Ableton, for example, I would say, you know, I feel like I'm a very amateur producer. Um, but I'm, you know, time again, I'm putting the time and the time and the time and don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Just, you know, keep it simple. If you want to get a job um, for a label or something like that, or you want to start your own label, speak to other people that are already doing it how did they get there what do you need to do to get to where they are um don't compare yourself to other people but definitely surround yourself with good people and and just speak to people you know i people send me messages all the time yeah it's fine yeah i I don't mind that like what do you need to know if i you know i might not get back to you for a couple of days but I'll, you know, I'll definitely get back to you if you ask me a question. Um, and you'll find that with a lot of people. I always see people talk about Darius Sarasi, for example. I always see him responding to every comment or, or most comments on his posts or anyone who's asking a question. You know, and, you know we're, we're just people doing a job and get in touch with those people if there's something you want to know. Um, but yeah, just you know, don't force it. You know, don't force it spot on thank you very much for that um where can people where can people find you on socials then i know you you said uh <laughs> you don't really know so much but where can people find you at? if you want to keep up to with what magnums i'm using at the moment uh it's just i think it's just at sam dexter dj on on instagram uh same for facebook um sam dexter on spotify uh glasgow underground as well as the label that um we are putting out the bangers with uh, and hungarian hot wax is my my pride and joy my my deep house label uh named after a chili pepper nothing to do with it <laughs>